This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You're going to want to mark your calendars for this. All right. I'm getting out my uh, my calendar as we speak. My, you remember my dad used to have this, like, it was the it was the uh, Franklin, what was the company? I can't even remember. He called it his, his oh, day I planner. Oh, it was Franklin. Yeah. That's... Franklin. They changed their names like a thousand times. Right. Yeah. And he lived and died by that thing. And now- we have it on phones. I know, and oh. it's and it shows up everywhere. It's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, I have mine out, Good. Chris. So, no, so, plug so in what am I Nove- marking? So you want to plug in November fifth? Okay. And that is because uh, something really fun. Everybody likes free food, right? Yeah. I'm assuming right. Our listeners like free food. Uh, Zupans on November fifth between eleven and four at all of their locations. They're doing a holiday sampling, including a complete turkey dinner sampling. Seasonal desserts, appetizers, wine, beer, and more. This is all free. Yeah, this is their Taste of Thanksgiving event. I'm excited about this, uh, Chris, because this year the family were at home for Thanksgiving. Like, in fact, I think it's just going to be my wife and our kids. Oh, maybe fair. maybe we'll invite some friends over, but like, we don't do this, and so we need some ideas. And this is the perfect chance for us to go and get some ideas. Well, not only that, because they're your family and you love them, you yep. want to serve them the best food possible, right? And everything at Zupan's is, not everything, but mostly locally sourced. Yeah. And uh, I just went to a dinner event of theirs in the Breezeway in Lake Oswego, and that was absolutely delicious where they had um, their chef prepared a wonderful meal using their ingredients. Very nice. Zupan's Market's the best of the bounty of Oregon for over 40 years, and you mentioned that this event is taking place at all their locations, right? Right, which would be West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Macadam or Lake Oswego. November 5th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's the Taste of Thanksgiving event. Check it out. This is Right at the Fork. It's Portland's food scene podcast with your hosts, uh, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. I'm Court Johnson from the Kink Morning Show. We could also add to this list of our of our own little personal bio is we are celebrity judges, Chris. Oh, well, I don't know about the celebrity, but we did judge. That's Although, what, so they that, called us. That turned into an interesting scenario. The other night, the Iron Chef um, competition in Portland that happens annually. Yeah. Um, it's put on by LifeWorks Northwest. It's part of their big uh, uh, charity fundraising effort every right. year. So we had some great chefs there. I think there were seven. Seven total, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't really know it until the day before, but we were going to turn into sort of MCs of the event in addition to being judges. Tell me how that works. Yeah, if, if you're familiar with those uh, competition shows as they're cooking, it's normally just the host. The MC is checking in with the chef. What you doing, chef? What like are you Alton doing here? Brown, you know. And, and then the judges just sit there and watch that. But we were doing, we were doing kind of both. Right. And checking in. And, yeah, no, it was good. And there were uh, seven chefs there. The nice thing for us yeah. is the people who were there in attendance, which were quite a few at the Portland mm-hmm. Art Museum, yeah. honed it down to the final two, so we didn't have right. to take responsibility that that for knocking been, it would have been out. It would have been tough to, to get the, because the, the food was great. Yeah, I actually, I loved Aaron Barnett's venison mm-hmm. poke. Yeah. 
Which was good. It was great. And so I probably would have put him in the yeah. finals. I was seeing I was a big fan of Edward Higgins. He had this little uh poutine uh, variation that he was doing from Ringside Grill. Right. Which I was really leaning towards. And that would have been we would have been fighting the four of us. Uh, I think there was a lot that was great. There was yeah. Jin Su Yang from uh Bamboo Sushi yep. and and uh and then one of the other finalists, John Newman from Newman's Night right. at Cannon Peach. He was great. Mm-hmm. And uh but we chose Peruvian food right. at Andina. Uh, those gentlemen at Andina made some couple of really nice dishes for some us. tangy ceviche. That the the it was there was a lot of citrus in that in that shooter. But that was fun. You yeah. know what I found most fun about that? That's the first thing other than you and I going to eat somewhere and right. hanging out that we that you and I got to hang out do and something do something else? together. We so should, I, I need cool. I need to come visit you out, out on the coast and then we can add that to our list of things well, we've done together. Yeah, but also I think being MC, if you recall, we were there were two other judges there and they yeah. came to us the second half and said, "Why don't you guys just right. do this?" Yeah, I know. So that was it's that called was chemistry <laughs> or, or something like that. Anyway, uh, do us a favor. Hop on uh, wherever you're streaming this, wherever you're listening to this, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, there is some sort of rating mechanism, some sort of review mechanism. We would love to hear from you. It helps us out as a podcast, helps other people know about what we're doing, and we'd uh, be much appreciative. And we're also on Instagram at mm-hmm. Food Podcast PDX. And Twitter yeah. and Facebook. So if you see the episode, we usually put it out there. If you want to share it, that's pretty cool too. We'll appreciate that. And uh, we like to think you're doing a public service and a public service to your friends. Right. To turn them onto the podcast. Another thing you could do is go to Portland Food Adventures because you've got a uh, PFA coming up, Chris. One of your PFA classics. Oh yeah, at uh, at Park Kitchen yeah. with David Sapp. The mm-hmm. opportunity to eat with a couple of people, actually three. That we've had on the podcast, Scott Dolich and and the folks from Holdfast, Will and Joel, will be at the table. This yeah. was this was a concept I thought would be fun, is actually eating with great chefs sure, and yeah. hanging out with them at at Park Kitchen where they you know Scott owns it and Will and Joel used to cook there and they're good friends of of everyone's there, including David the chef, who I think is one of the most exciting chefs in Portland right now. It's really hard to draw attention to a restaurant like Park Kitchen that's been around because this is the city of the new. Right. So uh, that is November uh, 9th, uh, the day after the election. There we go. So join us. If the world still exists the day after election, you can uh, head on over to PortlandFoodAdventures.com, get registered for that. And and you can also there join the mailing list, which you can do there or right at thefork.com, which will tell you about upcoming episodes. So... There you'll see that we're going to have Will and Joel on as well in a couple of weeks, and also Doug Adams. That's right. So today's guest, uh, Chris, um, really interesting because I think this might set the record for the most number of amazings mentioned in a podcast that wasn't canceled early. That's that's true. <laughs> and you may be aware, I don't know if those of you have been listening, but in January we instituted a policy on this podcast that any guest or host yeah. mentions the word amazing three times we end the podcast. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was that... Just to to, to uh, make our vocabularies richer? Or we're, it... Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. To, to expand our vocabularies. Right. And uh, because one of the things I noticed is that almost everybody... The, amazing is a throwaway word now. Right. Then, what, what does that really mean? And, and you can also find Louis C.K. does a great routine on that, yeah. which coincided with when I heard one guest say it, at least 30 times, and I thought, we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Well, Jenny, she certainly likes the word amazing, but she used it uh, a couple of times in quotation marks. She was just quoting other people. So 
That's I think, right. I think she's all right. But, you know, I also think she is uh, incredible. Yes. Because uh, whenever I've been to the American Local and she's greeting at the front door, mm-hmm. running the front of the house, it starts out as a fantastic experience because mm-hmm. she's just so friendly and outgoing. And I love Jenny. Yeah. It's a great uh, origin story, too. We're going to find out how they kind of came up with the idea of the American local by traveling across America, believe it or not. Right. And uh, actually, I think they had the idea and they solidified it. Yeah, it just kind of uh, it made it made sense, this idea. Yeah. And I'm glad it worked. You know, they they opened three years ago. No one knew who Jenny and Chris Whaley were, her husband, and uh, they weren't they weren't married at the time. Um, but they've done a great job in establishing themselves as one of Portland's uh, really fun, great restaurants to go to. So Jenny Nicholas. I didn't ask her how to pronounce her name. I would. I think Nicholas is probably a, Nicholas, good, a good guess. It's easy. If we're wrong? She's, she's, unlike Jack Nicholas, right. there's an O in there, yeah. so it's Nicholas. Nicholas. If we're wrong, Jenny, we apologize. And I've never had to, you know, everything's in writing. I haven't had to address her verbally. That happens a lot. Yeah. I knew my kids were reading when they were pronouncing a lot of things incorrectly. Right. So that's my way of justifying all my mispronunciation. Right at the Fork is supported by Upserve. Upserve is the cloud-based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it with Upserve. Visit Upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you are a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com. L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer, emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupan's has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupan's Markets. Love your food. You know, I think Jenny's such a fun name because things come to mind, right? 8675309. Exactly. 8675309. Tommy Two-Tone. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then there's the, which is a very, really upbeat and then there's the other one that I don't know if you remember. Jennifer Juniper? No. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, George Carlin did a great routine. Jenny. Oh, I don't know. I know he about did a that. little song, and I don't remember. I think it was off of AM and FM. Hmm. And it goes like this. And this will be the only time ever I sing on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Jenny, I got one last pimple from going steady with you. <laughs> don't know whether to break it or leave it alone. It's the only one I call my own. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. I don't know how he got into that. What was the segue? Bravo. But 
Cork's looking about, at me saying, I think we need man, to. Man, can we, we start need, this thing over? <laughs> no. No, he, he's going to break it. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was actually having a couple Facebook conversations with some old friends and uh, we, were, we were talking about, my. I used to do the CD swap with my sister and there would be like 15 of us and we would make a themed mixed tape essentially and send them all to her and then she would distribute them to everybody and they would have to have a very distinctive theme and that was the only rule. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my uh, second one that I did with her was called It's All About Me and it was all songs that had Jenny, Jen- Jennifer or Jen in the title of it and it was about, you know, so because you know, I'm not a maniac or anything. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's interesting because when um, I always, at my events, I seat people and I don't know everybody, but I gen- sometimes go by names to seat people, try to get similar age groups and Jennies are usually around your age. Uh, I was always Jenny in because there was like three of them mm. in my class. And, and I and I hate to cop to this, but I honestly think in my single life, I've gone out with more Jennifers than any other name. Well, we are promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, that was not the, that was not the criteria, and I can't necessarily <laughs> say that's been my experience. But um, but anyway, thanks for. Thanks for cluing us in. I, that CD exchange sounds pretty fun. Yeah, well, we were try- I was trying to figure out how to do it in a, a more modern way. You know, like, could we share Spotify playlists or something? And yeah, just, just why not? It's, it was a fun way to get exposed because it was th- with people throughout the United States and even a couple abroad. And so you got exposed to a lot of stuff that you may have not heard before. And it was just fun. I mean, it was, you know, it was just a really cool way and to see what people came up with the, with their themes and stuff. So it was, it was a really neat idea. I, I need to follow you on your Spotify. What's on there? I, 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 to be honest, I don't even have a Spotify Oh, you account. don't? Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to because I think I'm going to try and set that up so that, that we can do it because uh, it all got started with um, that. I don't know if you saw Pentonics or not um, or if you know who they are, but they... Uh, Wicked awesome acapella. Yeah, they uh, they yeah. just redid Leonard Cohen's um, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and it's yeah. beautiful. I saw you post about that. I actually listened to it yeah, yesterday, walking really down the beach. Yeah, based on what you said. <laughs> so now we're getting into an area where court is court can take over when we start talking about music. We should do this more often. Sure, <laughs> why not? I'm always happy to talk about music. Uh, I'm I'm sure you. Are. So what what. How do you choose your music at an American local? The American local. Is it the, the American, American local? Yes. Right. So yes. it's T-A-L. So if you look it up, you got to go past the A's, which goes against the grain of most marketing. Well, you know, it's funny because almost everybody puts us just as the American local, and I don't fight it because then we get, you know, number one or number two on, on lists and stuff if they go alphabetically. So I don't I don't really, the only time I ever enunciate the the is in my email address. <laughs> T-A-L. So how do you pick your music for this? Um, it's arm wrestling, really. Uh, we, it kind of depends on who's working. Um, kind of depends on the mood outside, you know, the weather. Uh, if I had my druthers, I would either pick, like, um, you know, kind of folksy cla- classic rock or reggae every day. But that gets poo-pooed by a lot of my staff. And, and do you and Chris have the same music, music taste? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Chris is what I call my aging punk rocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, is uh, totally into stuff that I think has no melody and you can't dance to. <laughs> but you can cook to it, according to him, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, you know, I I don't know how you can do anything to it except for get a headache. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a recipe for a good relationship. Yeah. We actually wouldn't, we, uh, you know, this can, we could segue this into how the how we came up with the concept of our, our restaurant. But, yeah, but. Uh, 
Perfect. Um, when we um, left San Francisco and we moved to New York, we took 30 days to drive across the country. And we knew this going in that we weren't going to agree on music. And so we loaded everything onto a giant iPod and we just decided that it would we would just play everything. And we both had to agree to skip something. So, you know, if there was a song that I liked that he didn't, if, you know, I was feeling magnanimous, I <laughs> would change it. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we had to listen to each other's music. Uh, and we didn't fight the entire way. It was pretty amazing. But you got, did you get a certain number of skips per day? Is this like no, Pandora? No, you, you can just, only skip so many? No, you had to agree. We had, that, was the, that was the agreement that we made. So you had stuff. veto power. So if Chris said skip, you're like, no, I, I, we're playing. I want to hear this song. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But, you know, I mean, if it was, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit, or maybe I'm a little ashamed to admit that I have some Britney Spears and stuff like that on my... Uh, Ain't nothing wrong with that. And, uh, uh, which is definitely not Chris's favorite. You know, if I was feeling like, okay, there might come a song today that I'm not into, then all right, I'll skip it because I know then he'll owe me one. So, quid pro quo. Well, there's always bathroom it. breaks. Just get right off and, and, <laughs> and I'm out of here. Yeah. So, but that, uh, you know, segueing into restaurant speak, um, that, you know, that uh, road trip really kind of solidified our concept and and how, you know, we had been working on the American local and what what it meant to us and what we wanted the concept to be. But driving across the United States and eating in podunk little towns, eating in big cities, eating all these different regional cuisines, we really came to the realization that American food is not uh, just burgers and, and steaks and fried chicken and, and you know, that, that it, it truly is an amalgamation of, of the cultures that we have here. And, 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 you know, it's not just specifically one thing, that it's, it's really indicative of where you're at in the country. Um, do you have any that stand out? Because, you know, I did two two-month trips across the country with my kids. Just the highlights of my life. And that's also what landed me out here. That's yeah. why we're sitting here. Um, so the highlights of my life. Are there anything? I had one in Marietta, Ohio, which I want to remember to post that little blog. Um, so, because it was what pretty was crazy. Called? I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was just by a river. And I had spent one year in Marietta, Ohio, one semester, oh. my first semester. And I wanted to take the kids back to see where I came, where I... Is that in high school or No, that college? was my first semester of college. Uh, what, I made what a big mistake. Marietta College oh. on, the, on the West Virginia border. But at any rate, we had a, a, a meal there that was, I don't necessarily remember the food so much, but the experience of the people coming in and out yeah. was something to behold. So I would say that there were, were two, we, we did, there were two that really stood out. Although I, you know, I have to say that we did a couple of things, like we did a pied de cochon in in Montreal and, and stuff. So I'm I'm sort of thinking more of like regional American like things that just stuck out to us, or like you were talking about the people. Um, one of them was in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it was, it's a restaurant called the Old Fashioned, and we actually ran into an old couple. We were we were eating lunch in Glacier National Park. And um, we just started chatting to these people eating lunch next to us. And it was a retired couple. And um, they, they were from Madison. And, um, you know, they asked if we were going to go through Wisconsin. And we said, yeah, we, we, we have no plan. And they were like, well, if you do, there's this restaurant near the Capitol. It's called The Old Fashioned. 
and it's amazing. And, you know, people tell you that and you're like, well, I don't yeah, know you your gotta, taste. You got to figure and, out where they're coming from. But we did end up there. We did end up in, in Madison and stayed the night there. So um, we decided to, you know, like, let's just do it. And um, we went and it was, I was giddy. Um, it was an amazing uh, dinner. Hey, that's and, two court. No, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. You got one more on the podcast. Then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> this might be the shortest one yet. Just to clarify, because I don't think everybody knows this, we reference it, but we don't allow the word amazing on this podcast. And I, I get a when did waiver. The, when did I say the first one? You just said two in a row oh, in the did same I? sentence. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was really uh, it, I know, but the, outstanding. Exactly. Outstanding. <laughs> but yes, we started it this year and we've only referenced it a few times, but. Uh, we can't assume that everybody listened to right. the first podcast and knew. So should we? What the rule should was. that count against Jenny? Yeah, because she got the email I did get that the said email. that said you oh. can't say it. Yeah, well, I'm fighting for you here. I'm sorry. The, the, no, right. the novel that I sent her right. last no. week. <laughs> I read every word. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, um, so it was it was it was a, a truly. Um, interesting experience not 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 I'm, I'm not i'm just saying like that that it was it was one of those things where you uh you go in there and you it looked it looked like an applebee's and there was all these pennants up uh, you know and it, i mean it was just so cheesy and we were like oh my god what did we do and um so we sat down and it was it's seasonal um and regional wisconsin food and so lots of cheese lots of sausage um lots of that and it was uh so incredible. <laughs> and, uh, I took, I never take pictures of food. I'm not that person. And I was uh, taking the pictures. I was just ooing and aahing. It was just so much fun. And it was great. The service was great. I mean, everything was just really fun. And the second experience that we had, I don't remember the name of the restaurant. And it was in Vermont, I believe. Um, and uh, I, w- I was hangry, and I was like, you better find me someplace to eat now. And, <laughs> he, and I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere, and we were in this tiny little town, and we found this um, uh, little diner, and we had the best burger. It was so incredible, and it, it was just really fun. And the people there were very interesting. <laughs> I'm not a, a Northeasterner, and it was sort of my first experience um, really seeing rural Northeast <laughs> and, and, uh, but it was, the people were so sweet. And the, I mean, I think the people that owned the uh, restaurant owned a ranch. And so it was just a really, really, really nice burger and fun lunch and, uh, and good people and good people watching. I love when that kind of thing sticks with you. What made it a great burger? Because, you know, um, to remember a burger is- it, it was. It had a nice crust on the outside, which mm-hmm. I I think is is always severely lacking. I don't tend to like um, uh, burgers that are done on a fire grill. Um, mm-hmm. I we, I like them on a, a flat top to get that crust. Mm-hmm. I think they stay juicier. Um, it, it had a nice crust. It was very juicy. Um, it was just no frills, nice bun. It was like everything had the perfect amount of ratio to it. Um, you know, you got a little iceberg lettuce on the, uh, 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 on the side, and uh, it was just crispy, and I don't know. It was just really good. Well, plus, you were in Vermont. It was new to you, so yeah. it's easier to remember. If you had had that burger tomorrow in Portland, yeah. you may not remember. Yeah, exactly. It was, But it was, you know, and it was just, it was a really fun little diner in the middle of nowhere. It was, I, I don't know why it stuck with me, to be honest. It just was really good. <laughs> you know, to go back to your Wisconsin thing, I find it really fun often. You tr- yes, you try to read people who give you recommendations <laughs> on where they're coming from. But even if you can't read them or you don't do it, 
and you had gone there and it was the most ridiculous place, what you thought as you walked in, <laughs> yeah. then I think it's fun in and of itself yeah. to where you can sit there like me and scratch my head for days going, how the, how in God's name did they think that was so great to recommend it? Oh, believe me. I mean, we, we've taken people up on on their recommendations before and, and thought the same thing. Like, what is this person thinking? Especially when they say it's so great. Yeah. It's one thing if they just <laughs> put it on a list. but Yeah. No, and it was, you know, it was... <laughs> These these people that we had lunch with in Glacier National Park were the sweetest little people, little people. You know, they were really sweet, and the, it just came across because we were saying, you know, we were in the restaurant industry, and we kind of told them what they were doing, and they were like, "Oh, this is our favorite restaurant. You got to try it." And I actually, I have a friend that flew into Madison yesterday, and, and he posted on his Facebook, and I was like, "You got to go to the old fashioned. It's amazing." So he's going there tonight. Oh, that's great. That was number three, but we're gonna. But that Jenny's was that gonna... was an actual quote. Yeah, oh, right. That was an actual quote. She was okay. quoting right. somebody else. Good. Good. Look at how quickly you I should get... be an attorney. I'm getting the sense, Chris, you don't want Jenny in here today. No, I was. This I was really. Today is a great day. We have we're recording two at the same time, and they're both really fun, fantastic guests. Yeah, uh, Doug Adams. Next. Doug is coming in after you, so um, that I can't wait for. So. Um, uh, I remember once I went to Montreal and I played a game. I'm going to get a recommendation from every person, and then when they send me to the next person, I'm going to uh, next place. I'm going to get a recommendation, and I have had. It's a really fun way to to go food jumping. I guess <laughs> yeah, I try not to jump out with food. It tends to fall on the ground. So, so <laughs> what? What you said you had the concept for the American Local before you went on that trip, and um, what? solidified as you went so the the concept uh, for those of you who don't know it is uh, an american izakaya and in japan uh, an izakaya is a gastropub it's a place where um japanese businessmen for the most part go after work with their um bosses generally to get really drunk and impress them because um, we know how well that works and uh it's a place where you get really, um, you know, concentrated plates, like one thing or two things on a plate that have big flavors that are it's supposed to be drinking food. And it's supposed to be fun and convivial and, and communal and loud and raucous and, and tasty and drunky. And uh, That's where you come in. <laughs> I do come in there, yes. <laughs> um, so we always kind of knew what we wanted to do, but we knew that we didn't want to do it in a Japanese style. We're not... Japanese and um, you know we don't it tends to get people tend to you know call it uh, for lack of a better description you know white boy Japanese and we didn't want it to be that we wanted it to be something that was a little bit more homey and and understandable and and Chris and and my ethos is that we have um, you know we want to celebrate the bounty of where we're at and so you know we knew we wanted to do vegetables we want we knew we wanted to do all this so when we were driving across the the country um it really sort of started seeing these regionalities and seeing things you know that may have similar ingredients place to place but be treated in a different manner or different people use different spices or different herbs or different you know just a bunch of different things and really going wow we could really really, you know, hone in on that. And so uh, that's kind of what we do with our menu. It's it's not necessarily that anything comes from one specific place. It's uh, sort of uh, taking things and going, okay, well, this, you know, these beets are from uh, Portland and they're delicious and gosh, they're so amazing. And we're going to put... Uh, 
I'm just going to act like I didn't have coffee and I didn't notice. <laughs> now, um, that, now that we've drawn attention. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, what what can we do to really make them different than something, uh, you know, somebody else serving them, uh, you know, in Portland? And so, um, you know, maybe the beets isn't our best uh, thing because that is a fairly Portland dish. But but let's talk about our delicata squash tostada. I think that's a really good one that kind of emphasizes We should just emphasizes not just it. talk about it. We should eat it. I know. It's my favorite thing on the menu. I lo- I, oh, my gosh. It's really I was going to ask you that later, so we've got that out of the way. Yeah, that and the grit cakes with salmon tartare. Those are my, mm-hmm. my two favorite things. Um, but, you know, I mean, a lot of people roast squash, and there you go, and a roast squash on a plate, you know, very Alice Waters and... and uh, um, so we do a tostada where we use three sisters um, masa and yeah we um, we grill or we griddle it and deep fry it to order um, and then we turn this what usually would just be kind of a roasted squash dish into this really incredible and complex dish and when I say we Chris does it all uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just thinking that we, but you get to take credit for I do, it I do I do you know I mean the I don't really know why I get to, but I do. Oh, you <laughs> you inspire Chris Daly, do you not? Um, oh, sometimes maybe. I, you know, he's he he's a mad scientist genius in my book. You know, I love him so that that I think that he's he really sees things and he tastes things and he's like, oh yeah, this would go great together, and I have no idea how that works. But there's things where I, you know, I say, hey, you know, what about this? Or he'll make something and I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's good. But I I think that it would be better if if you did this. And he he never goes, oh, you're right. He goes, hmm. And then he thinks about it and he'll tweak it a little bit. And then later he might tell me I was right or wrong. Well, yeah, he can have it show up a month later and then take complete credit. Yeah, (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in the middle of talking about the concept, but I just wanted to break in and say, I remember in the beginning you took a little flack for calling it an American izakaya because some people didn't understand what that was. Nope, Here we are trying to do something different, right? Because everybody can do farm to table in Portland. Yeah. You're trying to do identify it as such, and and some people are having problems with that label. And then the other thing that comes to mind is there was a restaurant called 50 Plates once. You're probably familiar with that or you've heard about it? I, I think I've heard of it, but I, I, I don't... I don't, in, I don't recall. So their concept was, and they're, they're, we're, it's in the space where Mediterranean Exploration Company is now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a cool restaurant, but they started out with one dish from every state. And then it became, well, we can only do about 13, so we'll rotate them. But they identified where everything came from. And I thought that was kind of an interesting concept. Do you identify like a region where some of these foods come from? Because I think that would be kind of cool. Um, not really. They, you know, uh, because it is sort of. We originally had thought about doing it a little bit more regionally um, focused, but but really, I think I think that kind of limits you, and um, it also doesn't give you a place to surprise people with flavors. Um, well, it could be it could be Chris's take on what he had there using. The ingredients you get here. Yeah. Oh, I'm listening. I'm not trying to drive your. No, 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 no. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I we because we we did think of, we did think about that. You know, we we did think about regionality and 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 trying to do that. But I, I you know, I think we, we also because of the ode to the izakaya. You know, we also use a lot of Asian flavors, um, which you know you find a lot on the, both the West Coast and the Northeast. Um, so, uh, you know, we take it in the sense of like we're gonna blend. 
uh, you know, very, very Pacific Northwest flavors with Asian flavors or very, very uh, Southern flavors with, um, you know, maybe some Latin um, spices. And and just so, you know, I think for us, it's more about uh, kind of combining everything and, and making sure that it works. Obviously, we don't, Chris... Again, we in the <laughs> general yeah, can- sense, but we, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think we try to limit ourselves to just like one region or saying this dish is from there. We go, okay, well, what's going to make it new? What's going to make it exciting? What's going to make it different? And you do a good job with that. Thank you. He and d- he and does. you do a good, <laughs> right. He, but you, uh, you do a good job with cocktails. Well, Fair. that's Brett. I I just take all the credit for everybody. You take the cre- I thought that was a lot of. I thought that was they, a lot of your. I mean, when you when you open, when, wasn't well, that a lot of your? Well, Brett Brett does the um, the cocktails. What's Brett's uh, last name? Adamson. Brett and Adamson. Okay. He has been with us since the beginning. He actually worked for me before, and I stole him away. Um, and the only person that I poached. Um, and he uh, with direction. Obviously, he tastes Chris and I on cocktails, especially if they're going to be kind of out there. Um, and then we give him feedback and stuff. But the, those flavors are his, too. I, You know, for me, uh, I like to let other people do what they're better at me then. Um, to, so I, uh, you know, I'm good at schmoozing people. Uh, I am uh, really good at making sure that things are flowing well. I'm, I, you know, I have a good palate for wine and beer and stuff like that. And um, I have, I have a good palate when it comes to cocktails. I just am not artistic like the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I get flavors, but I don't see it in the same sense. I'm a little bit more linear than than they are uh, in that respect. There's places where Chris is way more linear than I am, but um, and so you know, I'll come up with an idea like, hey, I think that you know, I saw this at the farmers market. Brett, and you should try this. And I, I bought you some. <laughs> so now you have to. Um, and uh, and then he'll kind of make it come to fruition. Uh, and, well, it has to because you're calling it drinking food. Yeah. And that's very important. Well, and, it, you- and that's the sort of point of like our, our bar, why we have the bar that runs from the, the booze bar into the food bar mm-hmm. is that we, we I joke that it's the marriage of the front and the back of the house and how there there is... Um, you know that that is our life. Chris and I are married, and and um, it is. But it is also, uh, I think, it makes for a more complete dining experience. You know, if you have just one specific kind of drink, or you know, if you're only doing classic cocktails, which I love classic cocktails, I think you kind of limit yourself to uh, maybe being able to pair stuff with the food and um, really playing on flavors and stuff like that. If and I, not totally. I, I, we do have some classic cocktail takes on, on our menu, but I think that there's a symbiotic relationship between the product that we're using in the kitchen and the product that we use in the bar. And um, while, you know, you're not going to pair something that's got, you know, a fig here and a fig there, you, you know, if you've got a drink that's got a fig and you play with something that's uh, really creamy that uh, in the food, that would be really a fun thing to eat and drink and experience at the same time. So that's part of the American local experience. We had a conversation the other day, uh, Chris, with one of the chefs, one of the great chefs that we have come here into the studio. And he was talking about this idea of changing the software he uses to uh, input inventory and do bill tickets and all that stuff. And it got me thinking about like for a lot of restaurants that have been using the same systems for a lot of years or or don't have one or don't even have one. Right. There are, there are places still out there where everything's kind of handwritten. It's like old school. What a great thing it would be to have Upserve 
which is the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based restaurant management system. Yeah, and there's a lot of data out there. So Upserve's analytics and point-of-sale solutions help restaurants run a smoother operation. That's right. The great thing about Upserve is help you know which menu items are driving repeat business. You can also use it to help measure staff performance. I know a lot of people haven't even thought about like the, the system they are for inventory and for the menu. It also help them with their staff. Right, and I would imagine, I don't own a restaurant, that there are a lot of restaurants out there piecemealing this software that does this together yeah. and this. This is everything in one spot with Upserve. There are actually 8,000 restaurants across the country already using Upserve services. And again, it is cloud-based, so you can be away from the restaurant and still be checking in to see how things are going. Here's a great thing. If you go to rightatthefork.com, you can click on the Upserve logo or just head straight to it upserve.com slash right at the fork and you can request a demo today there's even a video there that will explain it all right and they'll have a special offer for you because you're coming from portland and you're our listeners that's right so head to right at the fork.com click on the upserve logo or upserve.com slash right at the fork so also you are smack dab in the middle of division you went through a lot of headaches with construction <laughs> yes over time yeah and so i'm curious because i remember when you opened you had to look at that as, hey, we're on a real, we're on a growing street. But did you foresee what was going to happen? Kind of. Um, Chris and I don't live far away from there, so uh, we would drive by, and uh, you know, I mean, Pock Pock's been there for a while, and 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 that sort of the the division is the street that that Pock Pock built, and um, they. Uh, we would drive by, and uh, honestly, the spot that we're at, we would go, we would see it. It was a place called Cafe Polino, and you know, being in the restaurant industry, you never want anybody to go out of business. But we said, you know, if the opportunity ever arose, <laughs> that is our spot. And we were actually looking at a spot on Clinton, and it, it wasn't our perfect spot, but it was a pretty cool spot. And uh, the broker said, hey, I just, I just signed the listing today on this place on on um, Division, and it's. Uh, called Cafe Polino, and Chris and I looked at each other and we're like, we'll take it. And he's like, we haven't even heard how much it is. And we're like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and um, literally, we, we knew as soon as we heard that, that, that that was literally our spot because we would drive by and go, God, that was so perfect. It's on the corner. It's all of this. And we didn't really understand the scope of the construction that was going to happen. Yeah, that was my <laughs> yeah, so when we got in there and we sort of learned that, you know, our, our, literally there one day we weren't going to have a sidewalk in front of our door, um, that it was a little scary. <laughs> but we... You know, we knew we did see what was happening on the street and we did see what was going on as far as, um, you know, the influx of apartment buildings there. And you have sort of a captured audience when you get that. And, you know, both of us kind of understand that aspect because we've lived in New York and San Francisco where it's it's neighborhoody. And so you, you see all these people live there and not having places to go. And then all of a sudden they have all of these places to go. And so we knew that if we could figure out a way to ride it out, you know, ride out all that construction and the parking woes and 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 whatnot, then then we could we could really make something there. And in the process establish yourself. Yeah. It, it didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it took uh, almost a year. I mean it was there were there were nights where I would go home crying and I was like, why did we and do that? And that didn't have anything to do with Chris's music. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had to do with you know, I mean, us pouring every single penny that we had, taking a loan from my father, um uh, you, you know, that we we literally left 
great jobs. And well, I, I left a really high paying job. Chris was kind of consulting. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was really scary. We had a house that we were mortgaged Mortgage. on and we were going, oh, my God, you know. And I, I had to, to be honest, I, I'm so proud of us that we, we, we made it. We, ne- we have never once bounced a check. We have never once not paid our employees. We have never once uh, missed a loan payment to my father or, you know, a credit card payment or anything. I mean, it, it was dicey. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. it sounds like you came really close. Oh, there were there were times where it was like, all right, I'm going to send this check out today. <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully they don't get it for two days, you know, so, um, but we, you know, we got the Willamette Weeks uh, 2014 top five restaurants. We were number four on their, on their list that year. And, and that was in October. We opened in January 2014. And at that point, that's kind of when we started hitting our stride as far as, as not having that day-to-day worry where it was, I mean, we were still worried, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't dire. I wasn't crying every night. So one of those lists can change your life. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it really can. And it was, I mean, it was impeccable timing. It really, you know, because you're going into a a slower time of year. You're going into, you know, kind of the unknown. And it, it, I mean, it it probably is the only reason that we're still around. And it could have gone the other way. You could have, right when you needed something positive to happen, you could have had a shitty review. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, and, and we, you know, that we think about that every time and we, we didn't really know it was coming. We we had already got the, the, a, a really nice review from them. And so we knew that they put out their thing, but to be honest, you know, we haven't, I'm going to be like Trump now. <laughs> the mainstream media in Portland has like totally ignored <laughs> the lamestream media. <laughs> the lamestream you, you, media. You know, there, it seemed that there was a, a bit of a good old boy network here um, where place people where um, some people really uh, focus on, uh, you know, where you come up in this town. Um, you know, people get a lot of uh a lot of press if they've worked for Vitaly Paley, which I understand why. Um, but it's it's sometimes so, you know or you know spinoffs of, of people that have worked for Le Pigeon or you know the the big the big names here. And, and there's a lot of that. It's there's enough to there's enough of absolutely the, those openings going on to yeah. sustain a city. So you know uh, us, well me, I'm a Californian. You know coming up here being the bad word uh, up here and not really having that network. Um, we we uh, sort of got a, a little bit ignored by a, 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 some of the press. I mean, we that's it's not the best way to put it because we didn't. We got reviews, but it, we we don't get the the everyday mentions. We still don't. We're sort of the the. Um, the, the new kids on the block, even though we've been open for almost three years, is, uh, you know, we we are just we just do our thing. We, we don't have a PR company. We don't. Um, we did when we opened. Um, but that was just basically because we knew we had to get our name out there somewhere. Right. Uh, you didn't order. have the contacts. Yeah. To have yeah. So so it was, uh, you know, a little um, we I don't want to say we had a chip on our shoulder, but we we've had something to prove. We definitely wanted to. Uh, come in and say, hey, look, you know, we deserve to be here. We, you know, we we think we, we can do stuff as good as anybody else in town. Um, we are a lot more casual than some of the places that I noted. So, you know, to get a some uh, an accolade like a top five restaurant is um, meant a lot. And it, and it really I I thank the Willamette Week immensely for it. And I I'm glad that they like to do stuff that's sort of 
that they go their own way with that, that they don't that they don't just pay attention to the the spinoffs or the, the you know, that they they honestly give new people and new new concepts a, a chance. Well, I like to when I'm asked, which is often. And so I just now drive people to a website. But uh, but if I'm asked and I'm in a conversation, I absolutely love to bring up your restaurant because it's not one of the expected restaurants that would be on everybody's. Hey, you have to go to Pigeon and. Um, and so I'll include you and Acadia Bistro. Those are places that are excellent. You're both, and that people enjoy. I especially love coming with a group of friends, which I haven't done in too long. But um, every time I, it's a great, you have a great restaurant to bring a group of six or more because you can. There's so many different, you there, get to try more things. Yeah, there's so many cool things to try. I, I, I think that's a really fun way. You know, I mean, eating there with two people is great. Eating there with one person is great. But really, if you come with like uh, four or more, I think it's really fun because people call it small plates. But I actually. I, They're I, pretty know, large, small plates. I call them medium plates. Right. You know, some of them are small, some of them are big. But, but honestly, like they're 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 not insubstantial. They're they they you can get full really fast, um, you know, particularly in that vegetable section where, uh, you know, we're really generous with the portions. Um, so, you know, it's I think coming with a group is really fun. Um, it's hard for us because we have very little space. You know, there's 36 seats inside the dining room, not including the bar. Um, so, you know, we've sort of had to balance like it how looks to, larger how, than that to me. I wouldn't I have guessed 36. Yeah, 30, 36 and then 10 at the bar. So we have 46 seats inside that we sit. And then in the summer, you get a little. Yeah. And then we double it basically for outside because we've double. Got, yeah. Almost. There's 30, 32 seats outside. I think, wow. Something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely that I mean, and you've got more people in town, so you, you kind of need it. Otherwise, we would have pock pock weights. <laughs> well, yeah. And then I, I would guess on, in the summer outside, everything kind of melds together. You got Bollywood across the theater. You got the, the food carts what, half a block. Or yeah, block uh, about, about a block. down. About yeah. a block down the road and everybody's outside enjoying themselves. It's really yeah. it's really kind of cool. It's really nice, you know, that, uh, to be honest and, and why, you know, I am enamored with Pock Pock and what they do is we we got a lot of runoff from them because of their weights and stuff. The, that first year, people would want to wait two to three hours for a table. And so they would just sort of mosey on down, mosey on down. And, and we would get a lot of people and they'd be like, oh, man, we didn't know what to expect. And and uh, your, your name is so weird and, and stuff like that. But this was an uh, <laughs> awesome experience. Quote. Quote. Jid the quotes. Yeah. And... Um, and oh, here's the chicken wings on our menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you know, I mean, we we are unlike them uh, totally, and yet we, if you're looking for certain things on their menu, there's certain things on our menu that that can evoke the same flavor mm-hmm. or the same uh, whimsy, or you know. So it's not uh, while we're not in any way a similar restaurant if you're thinking you're going to pock pock and you end up at our restaurant you can end up being you know like oh well that was you know that was really interesting and i'm you know i still got these interesting flavors that that evokes that uh, at both places so you're as i understand it right after this today you're going down you have a meeting to talk about your renovation yeah, we're so. What are you doing? We're just our house. Um, so we, oh, uh, your house. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, I thought it was your restaurant. No, no, no. Um, we are um, we're adding. We, our house was built in 1929, and it has 
pretty much never been updated. Um, so it's an original kitchen. Um, original. Mm-hmm. You mean appliances? <laughs> no, no, the <laughs> but but the cabinetry um, and just oh. it's and so we're uh, gonna redo that. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. None of uh, if you open our drawers in our kitchen, they're all made from wood, a hundred percent. So it actually gets sawdust on the stuff below it. Well, every makes, every drawer opens, yeah, scrapes a little bit yeah, off. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it becomes a cooking technique, just a little Northwest flavor, <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. So and no, so that so and then we um, also uh, there. It's only one bathroom, and we would like to put a bathroom in our. And we don't have a door to our backyard either, so we're. Oh, that would be yeah. those would be nice updates. Yeah, so. It's interesting how people didn't think about certain things, or they weren't important. Yeah, back well, in the twenties, taking two giant dogs all the way around from the front of the house to the back of the house. That's is, a muddy proposition, I would imagine. It's so, uh, you know, yeah, that's. <laughs> so um, have you always had two dogs? I'm, uh, I'm considering a second dog. N- so I'm. We. Um, so when I met Chris, he had uh, an Akita. His, his name was Sako. And he was about five years old, when we, maybe six years old when we met. And he was the most awesome dog on the face of the earth. He, he traveled. He's traveled around across country three times. Once with just Chris from Florida to California. Once with um, both of us from California to New York, and then once with me and my mom from New York to Portland when wow. we moved here, and he died at the end of last year. Oh, um, and so, and then we have Tika, who's our four-year-old golden retriever, and she was really depressed when he died. And I know that sounds weird, but I mean, she she's a hyper golden retriever, and mm. she uh, her mood actually changed, and she didn't want to play, and she didn't, you know, she could tell that there was something wrong with her, and so. Um, we got a puppy. Uh, we rescued a little mutt puppy um, who we thought was going to be a medium-sized dog and is now 110 pounds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, he, his name is Cassius, and he's the sweetest uh, giant lap dog you'll ever meet. And um, to be honest, it, two dogs is a lot, uh, especially two dogs especially over. two people who are working so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, they come with us a, a lot. I, you know, I, I work from home um, doing admin uh, during the day a lot. So, <laughs> so they're not, so while I'm working, I'm still with them and I, you know, walk them uh, a couple times a day while I'm there. So it's not that bad, but, um, but then they have each other too. And um, the, it's. It's interesting they, when they wrestle, man. You, you got to put everything up in my house. Yeah, those two big dogs. Yeah, and Cassius has a tail that's like a whip. Um, but there, it's it's nice having two dogs. And um, Sako, the Akita, he was sort of a loner, and he he got along with Tika, and they were buddies and stuff like that. But Akitas are kind of solitary animals, um, so he never he would have been fine on his own. I you know I just thought well. He's such a cool dog. I, I I want him to teach another dog his ways. And that didn't really work that, out for me. That's, <laughs> that's part of my thinking, and the other part is I just have to mitigate the the loss. The loss. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, Oakley's twelve and a half now, yeah. and uh, someone just called. A good friend just called me this weekend and said I have a another dog for you. Are you gonna and, get a doodle again? Or it's it's actually, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm doing it. I haven't met the dog yet, but um, uh, it's it's a canoe lab. So I looked that up. They're just kind of labs, smaller, and with a little bit of hair. So we'll see. Hmm. I don't know. I don't so know if be, I'm ready. You're being set up on a blind date yeah. with, with a dog. Well, but it's someone who knows Oakley right. who thought of it. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, just a thought. So you're, the, you, 
you just keyed me into the fact that you didn't meet Chris that long ago then, if it was within a lifetime of a dog. We've been uh, we've been together for almost eight years. Okay, that's... Um, he, yeah, I mean, we it'll be eight years in March. Uh, we, and how'd you meet? <laughs> working. <laughs> we, uh, we, we met in a, a restaurant in uh, Marin County called uh, Restaurant Pico, and it was actually two restaurants. Uh, he was the GM, or I was the GM, and he was the executive chef. Um, and it started out just as a friendship and, uh, um, we, we just, I was having some issues, uh, and he's a really good listener and he's one of the only people that has ever like listened to me when I'm venting and, and actually given a sage advice that I'm like, wow, he, he gets me, you know? Um, and so we were sort of just, I was having some issues at work and he kind of helped me through them and. Uh, you know, we'd go out and have a drink. And then one day I was, we were sitting, having a beer after work at, at actually at the restaurant. And, um, one of his line cooks had gotten in a car accident and walked down, um, to the restaurant. And, um, so we ended up being there a lot longer than we had, had thought. And he was fine. I mean, it was just a little fender bender, but he got a, a car stuck. And so, um, but we ended up being there a lot longer. We had to wait for the police. It was, you know, this whole big thing. And um, after everything left, I was kind of looking at him and I was like, you know, I know this is weird. And he's kind of a reserved guy. And I said, I know, you know, I know this is weird, but I kind of feel like there's something more between us. You know, and I, I think we should make out to see if it is true or not. And he was like, okay. So he didn't pass you up on that. Talk about. No. I think I've been rejected on that kind of concept before. So I know how that feels, but I also know how it feels to go through with it. How, so did you, was it so a magic kiss? Um, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. And, uh, and it sort of just took off from there. And. We hid it for a while um, because we didn't want our bo- uh, the the guy that owned the restaurant to know because we didn't, you know, it's a scary prop- prospect when you have management dating each other because it could go really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, we knew that and we're both mature enough to know that we could still work together and stuff. And um, we finally, I actually made Chris tell him <laughs> and we finally told him um, because we got caught by one of my bartenders making out. <laughs> Well, but that's standard operating procedure yeah. at a lot of restaurants <laughs> anyway. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, all right, I guess we got to tell everybody. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, I mean, it was, we got married um, in 2014, so it'll be almost two years. We got married at the restaurant on a Saturday, and uh, then we worked our shift afterwards. And... I'm going to say it's that. romantic. Yeah, right. it's romantic, but it's also, I think, um, I, I marvel at the fact that you only met eight years ago, you decided sometime along the way that we're going to be together and maybe get married someday and we're going to open a restaurant together. That's a lot of togetherness. It's a lot of togetherness. I mean, we we met working together and then we lived together and worked together. Um, We have a lot of togetherness. (laughs) And and do you get your do you get time to yourselves other than work time where you're he's prepping and you're at home doing admin. But do you on weekends, do you do everything together? Do you do almost everything together? Um, You know, we. Both of us, I used to be a much more social person than I am now. Um, the older I get, the less people I like. <laughs> so, uh, and in a political year, you can uh, you can weed some out too. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, <laughs> you know, we we 
we'll, we'll do stuff apart, but for the most part, we we do almost everything together. Like what? Um. Well, we we spend a lot of time with our dogs. Um. So you know, we'll take them to the river, take them, you know, to the. Um, take them hiking. Uh, we like to uh, we like to travel. So you know, even if it's just like going to uh, spend the weekend at the coast or going to Santa Cruz or Santa Cruz, uh, Seattle, um, you know, we'll try and and do that. Uh, we we watch a lot of uh, <laughs> we watch a lot of political news. <laughs> so as long as you're there, how do you you've made the decision to to talk about politics, at least on your Facebook page. On my personal Facebook page. Your personal Facebook page. So do you have a lot of uh, customers who have, because you're a likable person, so sometime, somewhere along the way, people are going to find Jenny on Facebook and say, and add like, and now all of a sudden, your political views are out there. And I state mine too, but not, I, I do filter you're, a lot. You're, you're not as, as outspoken. As far as no, far, but I'll well, make it's pretty clear where I stand. Well, but, but but you, you don't you, challenge people as much as I do. As yeah, far no, as like going, going onto it. their page and going, no, that's wrong. Yeah, um, no, I, don't <laughs> to, I, I, I have. There's done a term that. for that. It's called troll. <laughs> Trolling. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I have done that, and it's just frustrating because I just feel like you're never going to win. Um. So, well. Luckily, being in Portland, I would say a good ninety percent of people share some sort of my views. Maybe not all of them, but 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 are are like minded enough that they're not offended by it. Um, that other ten percent, uh, I tread lightly. Um, I, I you know, I challenge people that I know really well. Um, I try to be respectful. Um, I try not to call names. Um, if it's, Do you find it hard this year to be respectful? A little harder than usual than uh, in the you past? Know, I, sometimes. Sometimes only because I, I always start out respectful and then sometimes things <laughs> will get get nasty. Um, and, and I really try and take it. For, I don't try and call... Even I don't even try and call posts ignorant. I, you know, I try to watch my verbiage a lot because I think it's important to have a dialogue about it. And I think that it's important that we do disagree about things. Um, but I, I also am scared to death of you know, one of the candidates. And um, I think that um, being a business owner and a woman and um, a, a lot of different things, it's, it's very important. And, and I have a, a lot of really great conversations with people that I don't uh, agree with. So, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's, you have to tread lightly. I, I would say I only have like two or three customers or, um, that I'm friends with on Facebook that would disagree with, with where I stand. And, and we will discuss it, but for the most part, we try and stay, we try and find middle ground. So, because they like my restaurant, like coming in and I like having them in and, and, exactly. you know, so, so, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be anarchy. It, it can, you know, you can, you can have discussions without it getting totally nasty. And baseball too. Who's, uh, who's better Bumgarner or, or, um, Mad Bum, come on! There's uh, you don't even need to say Kershaw's name. Uh, I was, there you go. I didn't even need to say it. <laughs> uh, Mad Bum's well, the man. Kershaw made it a little further this year. Yeah, but Mad Bum's got the rings already. Yeah, okay. Three, <laughs> is it three or four? Uh, I think he's got two. He's got two. He he might have three. I can't remember if he was there for the the first year or not. I know, but I think Posey was the only one that's there for all of them. How did your baseball? How did your love of baseball? Uh, how was it kindled? This. Um, I'm a sports fanatic. I I was a jock in high school. I I mean I I played basketball. I coached basketball. Um, 
And I just, I like competition. I'm a very competitive person. I take everything very seriously and like to win. <laughs> so um, that's sort of how it, uh, my love of things came about and watching stuff. I'm a diehard 49er fan and a diehard uh, San Francisco Giants fan. Wow. You, well, you had the best of me this year. We, we put up uh, Noah Syndergaard against yeah. John Gardner. And, so I can't, <laughs> I can't ask that question. You just have the, you have the, if, if it's not Kershaw. So what do you, um, where do you and Chris go? What are you liking in, uh, in Portland? Um, you know, we, uh, I mean, I'm, we're, obs- I'm obsessed with pizza. Um, so I am a big fan of Lovelies. I'm a big, I mean, a pizza shoals, I think is one of the, the best in the country. And that's coming from people that have cooked one of the best pizzas in, in the country. Um, and uh, I I love Cito's. What do you mean by that, coming from one of the... Uh, so Chris, uh, um, so where the place that we met working at um, was actually two restaurants in one, and there was a Neapolitan pizzeria on one side and then sort of a Calatal white tablecloth restaurant on the other side. And that um, the pizzeria side was nationally acclaimed. I mean, it, it, oh. and, and um, it was uh, Mario Batali called it his favorite pizza in the United States. Um, and then the owners of the restaurant took him and opened a place in in San Francisco proper called Zero Zero. Um, and he got reviewed by Michael Bauer, which I'm, I'm sure you know who that mm-hmm. is. And um, he. Michael Bauer called his pizza the French Laundry of Pizza. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to get down there to try it. Zero, zero? Uh, zero, zero. And Pizzeria Pico, they're both amazing. And uh, <laughs> uh, good to okay. end it. <laughs> Start the clock. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just. We're on the down, we're on the downward slope <laughs> we'll anyway We'll just here. milk yeah. this thing right, to yeah. the end. So, um, but, and we've eaten uh, at, um, what we consider, you know, or what is considered most of the uh, the uh, best pizza in America with both of us. We've, we've sought out, we've fl- flown for one okay. day. I was not going to bring it up, but then so, since you said that, I have to ask you if you've been to New Haven. Did you? Yeah, we went to... Um, uh, Modern? No, P... P- Peppies? Peppies, peppies, peppies. Okay, that was a good one. Did you have a white clam? Uh, I can't. I'm allergic to shellfish, so... Oh, uh, what about Chris? Uh, Chris had it, and he liked it. We, we got... Um, he got a slice of that, I think, or the. It's, you can't get a slice. Maybe, maybe we got two pizzas, and I can't remember exactly. What right we for got. a lot less than you're going to pay for pizza oh, yeah. here. Do you know? I what, always note that. Do you, you want to know what my favorite is in the whole country? Yes, is Defaras, in in Brooklyn. In but, Brooklyn, yeah. okay. And it's so perfect. And Dominic is the cutest little man making them still. He's made it for like forty years, and he's all arthritic. So and, it's Defaras. Defaras. Defara? D-I-F-A-R-A. Okay. Uh, yes, I've heard of that. And uh, someone from New Haven just sent me a list this weekend of the best, you know, and there was modern. And I said, but I wouldn't throw that list out there. New York has like nine of the top 15 I slots. disagree. I totally disagree. <laughs> What's your opinion on that? I, I, To be honest, I think uh, New York pizza overwhelmingly is not good. Um, uh, they, they use terrible toppings. They don't, um, uh, you know, and this is coming from just slices. There are several really, Roberta's is, is really good. Uh, um, Tafara's is really good. Um, uh, and there's, you know, a few other odds and ends here, but, um, I, you know, I prefer, uh, oh God, what's the place in Phoenix? I'm drawing a blank on uh, uh, La Bianca, 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 Bianca. Uh, Pizzeria Bianca. Pizzeria um, Bianca. I, you know, I think that's one of the best. I think Pizza Shoals is one of the best, um, in, in the country. And, and, uh, I, you know, a lot of it comes from 
using good toppings. And the crust is important, but you, you can't eat a, a really good pizza that's got like frozen cheese on it. <laughs> well, that's true, but it's interesting you say that because we've had Brian on the show, and I believe, if I understood correctly, and Court, you can correct me on this, but that he, he felt that the dough was, was the primary... So dough is important, and how you cook the dough is important. Right. Um, but the you know I, I ate several uh, several places in New York that were considered you know some of the top in the country, and while the dough tasted good, the the toppings were crap. And you, you know I mean you have to have a whole no, good I pizza. I think you'd have to you, have. You have to have a whole. I need to do a New York pizza tour because I spent so much time being provincial there was a lot of Connecticut there was a lot of good pizza don't get me wrong there's also sure. a lot of bad pizza, yeah you but have there's to a, you average know. it out but, but I'm sure on a list yeah. of great places but San Francisco I I think has some really great pizzerias too I mean there's and there's all kinds of different kinds there too so you just have to you know I guess it's sort of the type you like and and um I, but overall I think places are good because they have they look at the pie as the whole not just the crust not just the topping not just how you cook it but all of those things and how it works. And to me, that's why DeFaro's is so great. I mean, he's been doing the same thing for over 40 years and it doesn't change. And he uses, you know, fresh basil and, you know, fresh mozzarella and DOP tomatoes. And, you know, so everything, everything just hits and it's got that great crust, but it's just everything together is worth the two hour wait in line. So what's happening? Anything going on in the fourth quarter and the, at, American local that people should come down and visit you specifically for, other than a wonderful experience generally. Just our general thing. We don't try. We don't really do anything but what we do. You know, we we're not gimmicky. We don't go and. Um, You're not out at events a lot. I don't see Chris don't, doing events. We don't really get invited invited to very many. Okay, there you go. That's that's the whole and part of you know us not us being outsiders. That's interesting, but I think that's probably. I would think that that's a little bit of a domino theory. So once, once you get invited once or twice, yeah, and people we, start seeing, hey, there are the people doing right. We're also not staffed for that. I mean, Chris and I are there almost every day, right. and you know, it's sometimes hard for us to get away too. So I mean, you know, the we do we do the Saki Fest. We've done a couple other here or there. We do events with companies that we like. We did a, a catering for Saki One and stuff. So we definitely don't. Um, you know, we don't shy away from them, but we we're, we're choosy about what we do, and we like to partner with certain people or certain companies, and and kind of go our own way. So, I mean, we we like it, but we also pick and choose what we do because to us, our time is precious. Yeah, <laughs> I, you, and you and you put a lot of time into it, and I appreciate you taking the time to come here today. Okay. You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> My day off. Right at the Fork is supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. The legendary food dude dishes up Portland food news and comprehensive guides to just about everything that has to do with food in Portland. From coffee and wine shops to bakeries and more. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Yeah,